Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. At Anchor Church, we like to say, we have this hope. During this series, we learn about the past, present, and future of Anchor Church and everything that we stand for. I'm excited about this series that we're starting today. Uh, We have this hope. It's something that we say often at Anchor Church. Uh, Actually, our our mission or our purpose statement is we have this hope. Uh, we, We have this hope to help people find and follow Jesus. And we honestly say we have this hope a lot. If you follow us on social media at all, we post we have this hope for almost everything that we do, and, and it's really because we have this hope, which is an anchor for the soul. It's Hebrews six nineteen. The anchor is the hope that we have, and Jesus is the anchor. Jesus is the hope that we have in our life, and if we have Jesus, we have this hope, and we, ha- we understand what that means, and, and we honestly believe that that hope is available to absolutely anybody and everybody, and, uh, and we want to be able to proclaim and share that hope with as many people as we possibly can. That's why we exist as a church. Uh, we want to see people come to know Christ, and we want to see people grow in their faith and in their relationship with Christ, and so that's why we do what we do, and, uh, and so I want to have fun with this today, and, and really, your response to this very first question is just, and how um, energetic you are with your response will determine whether or not I do this again. You really don't want me to say, oh, come on, you could do better than that, and then like have to do that whole thing again. We don't have to do that charade, right? So let's get this the first time and have fun with it, right? So... Repeat after me. I. I. Oh, okay, I was just testing. That's not part of it, but I, I, I was testing. All right, here we go. Hebrews 6, 19. Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope, which is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That's what it actually says. We don't have to say that part. We don't have to say that part. That's what it says. We have this hope, which is an anchor for the soul, Firm and secure. That's what Hebrews 6.19 is. And I'm going to get into a little bit more about how we came to know Anchor as Anchor Church from the very, very beginning. Uh, It's not going to happen today. It's going to happen. That's a story I'm saving for later, okay? But we are Anchor Church, and Hebrews 6.19 does say that we have this hope, which is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And we look to Jesus as being the anchor of our life, and he is the hope that we have. And, uh, And so... What's really unique and special about our church, for me at least, I don't know about you, uh, but I love the fact that we have something that is honestly a symbol that you see everywhere. I see anchors everywhere. Over the summer, it's like in Target, in TJ Maxx, it's all over the place. You get your anchor napkins. If you see anchor napkins here, it's because people you know, will get them and say, hey, look what I found, it's so cute. You know, like People will text me. Like When we were planting the church, uh, people would text me random things from, you know, uh, from the store that they saw from, you know, that was an anchor. I'm like, this, Rob bought me anchor socks. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, all that, like, it, it's everywhere. And what's cool about that for me is that when you start to see something over and over again, it reminds you of things. And so hopefully when you see an anchor out there somewhere, it reminds you of your church, and hopefully it reminds you of your faith that you have in Jesus. And so one of the things that I wanted to do when we created our logo for the church is for it to be able to communicate to people who we are and why, why we exist as a church. And so that's what we're gonna be doing over the next 
couple weeks, next four weeks, I wanna walk you through our logo and show you what we stand for and what we believe in at Anchor Church. And so today's subject or today's topic is we aren't perfect. As a church, we're not perfect. We're gonna get things wrong. A second ago, I was singing and I knocked over the light. Anybody see that? They're like, yeah, thank you. I'm not perfect, all right? Um, we're gonna get things wrong sometimes. We're still learning the process of what it is to be a church. We're 11 months old and we don't do everything right all the time. Uh, but, but more importantly, when we look at ourselves and our relationship with Jesus, we're humans, we're not perfect. And I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we think that we need to put on this persona, we need to be this perfect person. When people see us on Instagram, when they see us on Facebook, when they see us in our workplace, when they see us at the store and we're with our kids and we're like, act like a fool in here. I know people here. We try to be perfect. And I wanna tell you that when you walk in, Megan says it, I think, every single week that this is a safe place. And, 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 and yes, I hope that it's a safe place from anything that potentially could harm us. But when I say it's a safe place, or when we say as a church it's a safe place, it's a safe place because you can walk in these doors and know that you can let your guard down that you're sitting among a bunch of people that aren't perfect. And that should be a reason to celebrate and be excited because we don't have to put on this front or this mask or whatever it is. We're not gonna relish and celebrate the fact that we're not perfect, but we need to recognize the fact that we're not perfect, okay? And so I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how I'm imperfect and I was, I, 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 it took me like two hours to think about how I was imperfect and, and finally I came up with something, I'm just kidding, but finally I came up with something and, uh, and we mentioned the kickball game already, okay? I'm gonna go there. Um, we played a kickball game last Monday, and, and your boy is pretty competitive, okay? I love sports, and I love playing in things, and I'm pretty competitive. No matter what I'm doing, when I'm in there, I'm in there to win there, okay? And I want to win, and I want to, I want to do whatever it takes to win, and it's a little bit of a problem that I have, okay? Anthony, wherever he is right now, he knows this first and foremost because the very first time I met him, like 12 years ago, we were playing a board game, and, and it was the first time I was around him and we were in a small group and it was just, I was visiting and we were playing a board game and Danielle was my fiance at the time and, and she was not on my team. No, she was on my team. For, I've learned now that Danielle is never going to be on my team because it just can't happen because when I fail or she fails, it just doesn't work out that well. Like it's better to like egg her on because she's not on my team and she's failing or vice versa than it is for us to be on the same team. It just doesn't work out. So anyway, we were on the same team. I think it was uh, catchphrase or categories, one of the two. And, um, and it was not going well for me. I was terrible at the game. And, and I really showed myself at that point because I'm very competitive. And, and, it, and, and I, was, I was not happy with my performance and I was not happy with people that were making fun of me. Because, and it, you know, who makes fun of somebody that's terrible at, at catchphrase? You're just doing it for fun. I didn't handle it well, okay? I didn't handle it well. Luckily, it was 12 years ago, I'm a lot better now and I've learned I can't take things so seriously. I still do, but I need to like separate myself from it a little bit. So when I'm coaching flag football and my team's not winning, I am not, you know, the coach that's throwing the chair out onto the field. I'm the one that is silently just fuming that we are terrible and, and that, you know, we need to get better somehow. And, and, and I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of kindergartners. <sighs> this is a little therapy for me this morning, all right? Um, 
Yeah. So, um, but I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And, and, and I've learned that I, 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 I've got to, um, to, to separate myself a little bit. So we're playing kickball on Monday night. And uh, we have a lot of people. And, and I really want to play. And I'm very competitive. I really want to win. But I know if we lose, I don't need to show myself to everybody about how bad I am at a, being a loser. So um, I let everybody go. Finally, I get into the game. And I, and I you know... Mr. Wide Receiver in high school, Mr. You know I'm fast and I can handle this. I'm in the outfield uh, and I'm, I'm I'm I got my. If you ever play baseball, you got your baseball stance. You're out there. You're ready. You're ready to run backwards. You're ready to run forwards. Wherever it is, you're ready to go. And they kick the ball and it's a big high fly ball. It's coming to me. I'm like I got this and I'm running and I'm like over the shoulder like Willie Mays about to make this incredible catch and like it hits my hands, bounces off my face. And then bounces onto the ground, and I'm like chasing it all over the place. There's a team showing up to play the game after us, and I hear them. I'm in the way in the outfield, like way out there, because the ball bounced off my face. And I hear them, and they say, see, that's not what you want to happen. <laughs> Old me would have stopped right there and said, oh, yeah, you know, like something like that. I chased the ball, and I threw it in. And then redemption happened. Earlier in the game, Tyler did the same thing. Where's Tyler? Tyler. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Gary Tyler. I mix names sometimes. But Gary was out there. He did the same thing. Gary gets a pop fly the second time around, catches the ball, makes this incredible catch. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to pull Gary. I'm going to do an incredible catch. This ball comes at me. And then at the last second, the ball gets tipped right in front of my face. Thanks, Mike. And, (laughs) And the ball gets tipped just enough that it hits my face again. And it's super embarrassing. But, um, but again, it, the old me would have been upset about that, but I laughed it off. My wife called me Butterfingers on, on Facebook, and that's fine. I talked to her a little bit about that afterward. I'm just kidding. Um, but I know that it's all for the fun, right? And, and I know that I'm not perfect. I know that it's not gonna always go my way. And when you realize that, when you, when you come to this realization that you're not perfect, that this, this, this persona that you have to live up to or this thing that you feel like you have to be is not really what you have to be and you don't really have to live up to these different expectations. You just have to live up to the expectation of what you set for yourself and maybe what God has for you. Then, then it changes things drastically for you. And so when, when we say this, that we're not perfect, it, it's because we want you to understand that when you come in here, it's a safe place for you to feel like, I don't have to live up to these certain expectations. I don't have to look like this. I don't have to be like this. This is who I am. Because you know what? God loves you for who you are. And so we want to love you for who you are as well. And so when we come in, we say we're not perfect. That we, that's the first thing that we're going to tell you is, hey, listen, we're not going to always get things right. But you know what? Scripture will tell us that as well. And, and Romans chapter three is a place where we find a lot of this stuff. And the very first thing that Romans chapter three says in verse 10 is this. As it is written, there is not one righteous, not even one. Paul writes this and he says, listen, there's nobody that's perfect. There's nobody that's righteous. There's nobody that's gonna live up to the expectation of Christ. It's not gonna happen. Everybody, in, in Romans chapter three, verse 23 says that we have all sinned and we're all going to fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter three, verse 23, we all 
are sinners. We are all not righteous. We are all imperfect. We are all going to make mistakes. How freeing is that to know that we are going to make mistakes? It's not something that we relish. It's not something that we pursue. But to know that when we make mistakes, that we are not righteous, that Jesus is righteous. Jesus is the one that lived this perfect life. And Jesus is the one that set the standard. And Jesus is the one that remains perfect. And when we fall short, that weight is not on our shoulder. For our sin, it's on his actions. The fact that we aren't perfect, the fact that we aren't righteous, the fact that we have sinned, the fact that we fall short probably daily is the reason why Jesus died on the cross for us. It's the reason why he rose from the tomb to defeat death in the grave. And it's the reason why we can experience eternal life in heaven forever with him because he paid the sin penalty, he paid the debt for us to be able to live an eternal life. We all fall short of the glory of God. And I was thinking about this uh, earlier this week and what my dad my dad is a, he loves the far side. Does anybody know what the far side cartoon is? Three of you. <laughs> Gary Larson did the far side and he stopped doing it 20 plus years ago, almost 25 years ago. But my dad has, you can ask Danil, he has them cut out like, and they're like plastered all over the place. Like he thinks it's the funniest thing ever. And one of the ones that he cut, has cut out and it's always been in his workshop or in his office or somewhere is this, uh, oh, I won't say it yet. Don't put it up there yet. Is this, is this cartoon, and, and I knew the result of hands was gonna be very low, so I knew I had to explain this a little bit because you know, it's, it's, it's an old-fashioned meme, okay, for those of you that you know, don't know what a cartoon is. Um, so, um, so in this cartoon, yeah, uh, in the, well, going back even a little bit further, in the Sunday newspaper back in the day, back in the day, I used to read my newspaper on paper, um, the, the cartoons, the funny papers was like the highlight of a little kid's world, right? And I would get the funny papers out and I'd read it. I would never read like the serious cartoons. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like Apartment 3G, Mary Worth. Like those were like, I just skimmed over those. Those are like adult ones. I didn't want that, right? And so here's an example of, I think, um, Mary Worth. Is it the first one? Whatever the first one is, you could toss it up, Alyssa. Here's an example of Apartment 3G. This is, what, this is a serious-looking cartoon. I didn't, read, I didn't proofread this. So I don't know, what, the, I don't know what, the, what they're talking about in here. But you can get the glimpse of this is not Garfield or Peanuts. You know what I'm saying? This is not Charlie Brown. This is serious. As a kid, you just skim right past that one. Mary Worth, same thing. They look, this looks too perfect. These are not cartoons. These are drawings of real people in my mind, and I'm not gonna read that. So... Gary Larson, that my dad put up in his office, is the next one here, and, he's, and, it, and it says this. There's this cartoon, and this guy answers the door. He's got cows, he's got the snake, the chicken, the grandma-looking lady, and the, you know, the, all that stuff. There's two snakes. And he's, he answers the door to these perfect-looking cartoon characters, right? Oh, man, you must be looking for apartment 3G, Mary Worth, or one of those other serious cartoons, and I was thinking about how this is because I, it's this persona that I feel like we live out. And I think that in the world of social media, in the world of Facebook, Instagram, you're always trying to pr pr uh, present ourselves as this perfect thing. And I'm telling you, it just turns into this, this slippery slope where you feel like if I can't get this right, 
whether it be on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere else, or if I can't get this right in my workplace or in school or uh, with my friends or with my family, with my spouse, if I can't parent the way that I think that I'm supposed to be parenting, uh, the whole world comes crumbling down. And I think that depression is at an all-time high. I think some of these things that, that, that are, are um, uh, a result of this, of this uh, idea of perfection that we can't live up to. Jesus died on the cross because of our imperfections so that we don't have to live up to this example of something that is perfect, that we can look at uh, somebody else's Instagram and say, hey, listen, this is, that's not my life. You, know, you must be looking for one of those other uh, perfect people out there. And, um, and I, I'm telling you right now, that is not something that we have to live up to. And, and I wanna challenge you this week. I wanna challenge you this week to use your social media as a tool to tell people that I fall short. I fall short, or I fell short. So anytime this week when you feel like, you know what, I didn't nail it, I didn't stick the landing, I didn't catch the ball, I didn't do this, whatever the case may be, whether it be yesterday I posted, I didn't tell Danil that I posted a photo of our messy house on Instagram, um, but as I was cleaning, I want, I, I want people to know, like, like Mike and, 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 um, and, and, and Taylor came over last night and, and the house was great, it looked great. Three hours before, it looked crazy. Um, I think that we put this persona out there all the time that says you have to be perfect. And so at some point this week, when you feel like, you know what, this is real life, this is not what um, I usually put out for everybody to see, I wanna challenge you with this. This may be a little bit revealing, make you feel a little bit naked in front of the people that you usually are in front of on social media, but what if you posted something that it was an example of how you weren't perfect? And if you did that this week, put I fell short. I'm gonna challenge you. You can take your camera out right now and take a picture of this as a reminder. Everybody's moving, I can see. Uh-huh. But hashtag I fell short, and make sure you tag Anchor Church in it so that we can see what's going on and we can, we, can, we can just relish in the fact that, hey, listen, I understand, it's not perfect for you, that's great. We can laugh with you, not laugh at you, laugh with you. But one thing that's beautiful about this is when Jesus gathered his disciples, when we look at the early church and when we first started Anchor Church, we took a look at the early church, we took a look at Acts and we started to look at what was happening when the church first began and how it started to blow up because of all these different things that were happening and people were on fire for God, on fire for Jesus and what was happening at that time and the Holy Spirit was just moving big time in the early church. But I was taking a look back at the disciples this week and I thought, man, look, like that's, the, that's where the church began. Like it began with these guys. It began with 11 guys. Okay, spoiler alert, there was one of them that fell, fell really short. Um, but there was 11 guys that made this process with Jesus and it made something big happen. But the cool thing about it was Jesus, like himself, he didn't come on a king, as a king riding on a gold camel or a gold whatever. He came in riding on a dirty donkey. But before even that, he came in as a baby born in a manger, in a feed trough, and he set the standard of what it is like to, to humble yourself. Here's the guy that is perfect. Here's the guy that is, that is God on earth. And he humbles himself as a baby, comes in. There's a song that we, we'll sing at Christmas that comes in like, like soft snow just in the night without even anybody even knowing. Jesus comes down and, uh, and, 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 and becomes um, who he is here on earth. 
But when he started to gather his disciples, we look at his disciples and we see that John and James and uh, Peter and, um, and Andrew, they were all fishermen. That was their trade. Dirty fishermen, that's what it was. And Jesus came to them and said, hey, listen, I, I need you, I want you to come follow me. It was a big risk for them because they owned all this stuff. They, they were part of this trade. It was money-making for them, but yet they were low-class fishermen. They were providing the fish and they were up all night sleep, uh, uh, gathering the, the, or catching the fish with the nets to be able to provide for everybody else. They were lowlifes. Matthew was a tax collector, a lowlife. Occupations were, but that were, that were a part of Jesus's crew that we don't exactly know what their occupations were, but they were just average people, regular Joes. They were regular people who weren't perfect, who had their problems, had their faults, and Jesus did something amazing with them, and that's what happens. He can turn messes into miracles, and he does it all the time. He does it with me, he does it with you, and he can do it with you if you just give him your life. And I wanna challenge you with that thought this morning. And Jesus, when he is beginning his ministry, when he started to gather his disciples, it was, it was after he was tempted by, by the devil. The devil took him up to the top of a mountain and said, hey, all of this could be yours. Uh, Jesus was on a, on, a, on a 40-day fast and he was hungry and the devil said, hey, turn these stones into, into bread and you can eat. And Jesus said, no. Jesus was tempted and he turned it down. He was laying down his perfection, the way that he was handling these temptations. He was laying it down for us as an example. And then later on in his ministry, when he approached this woman, there was, there was people that were wanting to stone this woman for committing adultery. And Jesus approaches the group of people that were wanting to stone her and say, you know, hey, what, what's the problem here? And they, they started to name all the sins that she was a part of and the things that she was doing. And, uh, and he thought for a moment, he actually bends down on the ground and he, 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 he draws in the dirt a little bit. Nobody knows, so it just mentions that he drew in the dirt, but nobody knows what he says. He stoops down he, he, and he writes and he thinks and, and he stands back up and then he looks at the guys and everybody that was ready to stone her and, 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 and kill her for her faults and for her imperfections, for her mess. He looks at all of them and he says, okay, go ahead. But if you're without sin the man that is without sin, why don't you go ahead and throw that first stone? To the man that thinks that they are perfect and that they don't do anything right, and you're comparing yourself to this woman and you think for yourself, hey, you've got everything figured out, then go ahead, you throw that first stone. And in that scene, if you've heard that story before, that scene, the stones just start dropping all around because every single one of them realizes that they're not perfect. So who are they to throw the stone? And what's really cool about this story, I think that sometimes we don't think about, is that Jesus is the one that's standing there. He's the one that's saying, hey, if you're without sin, then you throw the first stone. The only one among all those people standing there was really without sin was Jesus. But did he throw a stone? No. He's the one that approached the woman and said, hey, listen, go on your way and sin no more because he's a God of forgiveness, he's a God of compassion, he's a God of mercy, he's a God that will stoop down to be here among all the sinners, to be raised up onto a cross and die a sinner's death for us. And that's the God we serve. That's the God we love. That's the God that we wanna share with people when they come here at Anchor Church to say that, you know what, we're not perfect. We're not gonna get it right every time, 
but we know a God that does. And that's who we're pursuing. We're not pursuing our imperfections. We're not pursuing this life of doing things wrong. We're pursuing the one who has the grace and the mercy to be able to forgive us when we are wrong. One of the things that we say here at Anchor Church a lot is that we wanna never stop improving. And we don't mean in this, in this, this, this goal of, of obtaining perfection that we wanna keep improving. It's improving with our relationship with Jesus. Because when we continue to get closer and closer to Jesus, we get closer and closer to the cross, we understand what he did for us. Eternity because of what he did for us. Living intentionally in light of eternity because of what he did for us. And so this is my goal for you at Anchor Church this morning and every single day of your life. I would love for you to be able to wake up and say, you know what? I wanna live my life intentionally in light of eternity. In light of what Jesus has done for me on the cross, in light of everything that he has performed in, in regards to perfection and lived his life, he came down here to live a sinner's life or to die a sinner's death and to be among us. He did all that for us so that we could live our life intentionally in light of what he did for us eternally. I'm not trying to do the right thing so that I could get to heaven. Jesus paid it all on the cross for me so that I could get to heaven. And when I accept that free gift of salvation, I get to experience eternity. I get to experience a life with him. And I wanna live my life the best I know how, following him and being intentional for him. And that's what this life is all about. You wanna know the secret to life? The secret of life is to love Jesus, love God love others but live your life intentional for him so that when you do the things that you do when you fall short it's okay Jesus takes care of that but we continue to pursue him to be able to make him famous I really want this to be your challenge your prayer if you could again take a picture of the screen write this down whatever you need to do but allow this to be even a prayer for you if you feel like this is not where you're at Say, Jesus, I, I want to live intentionally. I want to live my life for you. I know what you did for me. I want to pursue that. I want to pursue and I'm going I'm to live my life out of thankfulness for what you did for me. You have given me so much grace. You have given me so much mercy. Jesus, help me live my life intentionally because of what you did for me. And if you don't know Jesus today, I want to challenge you with this thought that he died for you. We all have this sin penalty. We are all imperfect. That, I mean, that's what sin means, is that it's a part of our life. We're born into it. There's nothing we can do about it, and it happens. I've seen my babies sin over and over again. It's just something that we're born into. But when we look around and we realize that even if a, if a, if a toddler or a baby can sin, we know that we can. We can recognize the fact that we're all sinners, that we all fall short. I fell short. I fell short today, probably. I can think about it right now. Yesterday I did. But we all fall short. Let's live intentionally in light of eternity. And if you want to make a decision for Christ, we can do that here in just a minute.
but I want to invite you into a place where, where Jesus died for you. And the gospel simply says this, that, that we are sinners and that, that there is a penalty for that sin that we have to pay, but Jesus steps in and pays it. He pays it for us on the cross. And when he came back to life, when he rose from the grave three days after dying, that put an end to all death on earth. And I want to invite you into relationship with him. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.